Turn your podcast into a business with today's special guest, Alicia Galati. Today's episode is brought to you by Builderall. They are my favorite all-in-one solution for your online business. Everything you need to start your online business from landing pages to emails to selling your first products, all without breaking the bank. Find out how Builderall can help you grow your online business at servedomaster.com forward slash Builderall. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I'm really excited to have you here because I'm always looking for ways to bring on a gay guest and also do things that can grow my business. And I'm really interested in kind of the explosions of podcasts because for a long time, podcasting was impossible to make money from. It was really seen as just a hobby. It was like nerds listening to nerds. And I know a lot of people that spend 10 years building a podcast before they made any money. And a lot of it comes from kind of their strategies. And I've seen so many podcasts that are just trying to make money from t-shirts, which as far as I'm concerned is the worst way to make money. It's such low profit margins. So I really am interested in the fact that you jumped into podcasting as a business just very recently. So tell me what got you excited about it and what kind of made you approach the business side as opposed to the performance side? Yeah. So I started listening to podcasts back in 2015. So I'm definitely an avid listener before I started a few of my own podcasts and been in the online space for about nine years. So it wasn't that I was new to the online business space or any of that. And having been a podcast listener, I knew Okay, this is how these people are doing it, mostly being someone who listens to business podcasts, especially at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. And then having my own podcast and realizing all of the work that goes into it and having been already writing blogs, doing marketing, doing all of those things for my own business, seeing that there were so many different elements to promoting a podcast, using it to grow your business that a lot of people weren't actually doing in the online space. So really coming at it from a perspective of bringing in the background that I have in the entrepreneurial space, as well as I have a background in manufacturing, which is like processes and systems and making sure that everything is flowing and working the right way to then turning that into, okay, how can I bring my love of podcasting in the audio format into something that is a cohesive plan and strategy? I think that a lot of people get into podcasting and most podcasts last less than 10 episodes or less than six episodes, depending on who you asked. And I know why that's the case. It's a lot more work than people realize. And it's not that fun, right? Like the part of booking guests can be a real nightmare. Even if you have a small show, I get so many inbound requests to be on this show and probably one out of 10 or one out of eight guests messes up the time zones and does a no show and messages me 12 hours later. And it's like a constant thing. I had a no show a couple hours ago, right? It constantly happens. And no matter how many emails you send, no matter how many reminders you send, it's in 24 hours, it's in 12 hours, it's in one hour. Here's the link, here's the link, here's the link. And I actually, especially my personal hate is people that come in through agencies. And then when the agency schedules them, they use the agency email address. Oh, that's cool. So if there's any problem, I have no way to contact the guest. I'm probably, and this is, I'm the thing about the same thing. I'm going to just, I usually don't allow those. And I'm just now going to be more strict and just Anytime they book with not the person's contact info, I'm not taking the guest. 
because that's like a 90% chance of a no-show, right? Because you can't contact the person. They're playing this game. I'm not going to steal your guest or whatever the game they're playing is where there's no contact between the show and the guest. I'm not doing that because there's such a lack of professionalism, even for some really well-known brands, right? Really well-known ones. So that's something that is like a struggle. And yet the hard part is that after you record the show, you got to edit, you got to make clips, you got to send them to the person, all of that stuff. It never goes right for us because it's so many moving parts. And even if you get the people to clips in time, then they don't post them. And there's a lot more to it. The growing of the podcast is really hard. When I first started out playing with podcasts, my first podcast was in 2010, just a DJing podcast. It was one of the top 40 podcasts on iTunes because no one else was doing it, right? I was just recording an audio, me DJing with no talking because I hate when DJs talk. I just want to hear the music. Upload episode once a week. And it was just top 40 DJ podcasts, top 10 in my genre and just getting... Not that much traction, right? Because there's not that people listen to podcasts, but certainly it was growing just from being on there. But now they only list like a top eight, top 16. There's no way to get found, right? It's just impossible. And there's all the podcasting networks. So how can someone who's trying to grow a podcast or trying to get found even carve out some space for them? Because most people who are guests on podcasts go and be guests on 50 shows. You can't even get unique guests anymore. Yeah. So you mentioned at the beginning of that about the people don't make it past 10 episodes. I believe it's 90% of podcasters don't make it past 23 or 25 episodes as well, right? The 10 mark is a really big one. And then that 25. So what I usually recommend to people is if you can't come up with 25 episodes, things that your audience actually needs, actually wants, then don't even bother. Like really find other ways that are strategic guesting on other people's shows, doing some collaborations, something else that's going to help you grow your audience rather than putting all the effort and time into something that you're not going to be able to keep going with. Now, obviously, there's the caveat of people who do limited series where it's just very digestible cornerstone type content, right? Which that's something you can do. It's something you can repurpose and, and use for your business. But the guesting part, man, it is ridiculous trying to find good guests. It is ridiculous trying to get people who are excited to be on the show, who have value to bring as well, which is like a big thing. And you're right, those agencies, you really do struggle with trying to get them to like, hey, I just need to talk to the person that's going to be on my show, right? So I think for that, and I usually recommend this to people is like, going out and finding your own guests, right? And I know that can be a lot of effort, a lot of back and forth. But if you're someone who is getting really crappy pitches, <laughs> and you're struggling with sifting through them, don't accept pitches anymore. Just say this is we don't accept pitches. This is how we're going to go about it. I know we met on Podmatch, which I really like that platform for finding people who are legit because they're paying to be there. Most likely, they're actually interested in being a guest creating a community and things like that. So I think finding guests that way and in avenues that way works really well. Now, if you're looking to get into the online, sorry, if you're looking to get into podcasting now, it can feel really overwhelming because there are millions and millions of podcasts, right? Five to six million podcasts on Spotify. But when you look at that, actually considering the fact that only 40,000 of those are actually actively producing. So even though you might think, oh my goodness, there's millions of competition, there's actually room for you to show up, especially if you know that you can be consistent and you know that you can show up for your audience and it's not going to be like 
you know what you're going to say, right? If you go into it thinking, I need to promote it. I don't know what in the world I'm going to talk about this week. This guest didn't show and I don't have anything backed up. Like if you go into it with those struggles, then it's going to be a lot harder to be consistent and show up every week, every other week for your audience. But really going into it with this thing in mind, like you said, people take about 10 years in the podcasting space before they're actually monetizing. And while I don't think that's as much today, especially if you're using your podcast to grow your business, we do see the people come into podcasting with this idea of, as soon as I launch, I'm going to get hundreds of thousands of downloads. I'm going to get my Joe Rogan payday. And it's like, that's not at all how it works. That does not happen for the majority of people. And so almost switching your perspective of like, if you were to start a YouTube channel, which has a lot more competition than a podcast, would you expect thousands of downloads, millions of followers? Like, would you expect that in the first six months? Most likely not. Not unless you already have a pre-established brand. You already have an audience who says they're willing and excited to follow you there, right? So I think going into, I want to launch a podcast, knowing this is a long-term strategy. This is long-form content, long-term strategy to use to grow my business, to connect on a deeper level with my audience. And really establishing those goals ahead of time will help you be a better podcaster and actually show up every week, knowing that, hey, this person reached out this week. They've been listening for six months. They love the show. That's what it's for. Or I got on a call with someone. They binge listened to 18 of my episodes, decided to work with me. That's what it's about. Those kinds of things. Yeah, when I started out this podcast in 2016, I was like, I'll never do a guest. It's just going to be me. I'm going to do five episodes a week. And so I recorded like 20 or 40 episodes before I even started launching. So I was putting out just constant contact. I did 165 day a week episodes that way, which is just, it was unsustainable because I just couldn't create that much content with all the other things I was doing. I was losing my voice. But even now we're in the 300s now. I don't even know. Can't keep track because I just record all these episodes and they get moved around. But it's a lot of people are always like, oh, is your strategy to do grow a huge audience. Like, no, this is just to keep my audience busy in between my books and my products. This is just to give people another source of a lot of content. And now that I do interviews, I interview people that I find interesting. So whether a pitch comes in or it's, you know, and I probably, I do a small percentage of those. It's mostly me doing outreach or through someone who's a recommendation, but I mostly look for people that I find interesting. Like you're not here to talk to my audience. You're here because I want to learn things. And that's what my audience likes to hear, right? That's how I choose people. But yeah, it is, very different. I have a friend who runs a huge podcast, four to 6 million downloads a month, really close to that Joe Rogan tier, but that's all he does. He works on his podcast 40 hours a week, massive. He reads the book of every guest before they come on all sorts of stuff. And I, I, he's been doing it for 10 or 12 years. Now I knew when he started out and it was just a different thing. It has to be the only thing you're doing. It has to be this massive thing where it's what you're doing. But yeah, it is interesting how People dabble. And if you actually look for something specific, like when I look for the things I listen to, there's actually so little competition. When I'm searching for shows, there's very, very few. There's probably, of what I listen to, there's probably 12 podcasts in existence. And of all of those, I only listen to two or three now because each of the ones I listen to bad movie, I listen to a podcast where people watch a bad movie and talk about it. There's about 12 of them out there. And a couple of them have said some stuff that makes me super, super uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't want to hear about politics. I don't want to hear your views. Like they said some stuff about women that I'm like, how can you say that? Right. I'm like so uncomfortable with that stuff. I'm like, I wanted you to talk about the movie. So it keeps paring it down. And now there's only, and every once in a while I have to turn off an episode because they talk about stuff. Then like, this is insane. Like why can't, it's so strange how hard it is to get pure entertainment 
So actually, there's not a lot of competition, right, in that space. And probably, if you get specific, but a lot of people do think, oh, I want to make it a business. But there's this thing when people are trying to build an online business that they think it should be so much easier than building a different business. Like, guess what? It took me 12 years to get a background like this, okay? Every one of these lights, me and my wife put them up. I think about all the time about the one over here has one piece of light didn't got lost. I think my kids took it. We don't know where it went. I know that all the time. It's like, I didn't get here by working one day a week. I wish, right? People think that. I wish it was true for our work week. I work seven days a week. I haven't taken a day. Like, recently, I went on a trip with my son, so we took days off. But when I'm home, I'm always working. And that first thing I said to my wife was like, I just want to get home so I can do more working. So it has to be that thing. Like We go to college for four years to get the hope of an entry-level position at a job that we hate for a boss who hates us. But yet building an online business, we don't want to put in that sweat equity. We never want to do that part. And I think that when I think about why podcasts don't work, it's not that it's the high competition. It's that you got to put in the effort. And a lot of like the shows that I like, they're once a week, then they drop to every other week, which is insane, right? That shows you it's not a priority for them. But I think there is like a really wide open space right now for people that approach it with, you're right, the passion for the quality of the content. It is challenging because it takes a while for quality content to get noticed. Like you might not get noticed for a year or two years and then it explodes. And that can be frustrating, but very few people, I think, approach it with a content first, unless they're in the entertainment industry, right? Unless they're doing voice acting, that kind of stuff. Those are the only people that kind of approach it from that level of passion. So doing what you do and working with so many businesses, let me ask you this. What are the biggest mistakes that podcasts are making, small podcasts, other than the obvious ones of quitting too soon and no strategy and not cheating like a business. But you see the podcast, you go, I would never put a guest on there. or I would never want to be on that show or like they're doing massive things wrong. Yeah. So not even the point of like, I wouldn't ever want to be on there because I've been on ones where post the fact <laughs> after having been on, I'm like, oh yeah, no, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Like I recently was on someone's podcast where she was recording it live and streaming it to different places from her car. And I was like, as a podcast production agency, my brain is like going to explode. How dare you do this? Right? Like things like that, right? Noticing the quality, the audio experience of the listeners, things like that. Right. But even beyond that, I talked to a lot of business owners who are like, I want to use my podcast. I want to monetize it. I want to make money from it. How can I do that? And the number one mistake that I see them make is that they're not talking about what they do at all. Like you mentioned, you're using your podcast to keep your audience busy between your books, between your programs. And so it's very clear that you have books and you have programs, right? So you're talking about it and it doesn't have to be in like a gross... Hey, buy my stuff. This is what I do. I'm really uncomfortable talking about it. It doesn't have to be weird or anything like that. Just dropping it in the conversation, letting your audience know, hey, this is how you can work with me. This is how you can take that next step. Even if it's sliding in someone's DMs, joining an email list, joining a group of some sort, like that is where I see a lot of business owners really fall short is taking their listeners and turning them into potential leads letting them know, hey, this is how you can work with me. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought the first thing you're going to say is that most of them are boring. Because like, it's some people just like, they don't, when they don't approach with the entertainment aspect, they're so dry. The shows are so boring. It's really tough. The car one is true. People call in from their phone all the time to be on this show. I was like, what are you doing? I sent you like emails. You got them. Emails, 
diagrams. That's why I use this software to be like, Hey, we're going to use this. We're going to use the video. We're going to do this, the audio. Come on. Like, do you have, you don't need an expensive microphone. This is a $200 microphone. Okay. This is really fancy. When I upgrade, I used to use a hundred dollar microphone, right? You don't have to spend a ton of money and it makes a huge difference. I tried to do one episode with one of those phone apps because I can have two people in different locations calling and it sounded so bad. I was like, why does anyone use this app? Right. But that's interesting is that it is that this idea of the balance, right? And I think YouTubers have figured it out because you talk about YouTube, they all have, every one of them has a sponsor, even though it's so random, the sponsors never match the content. Who's playing all these mobile games? I don't know. I don't play, I would never play one of those. And yet I see an ad for those constantly, right? But there is this challenge of figuring out how does this match my business and can I, if you have a hundred people listening, how can you turn that into an audience? How can you grow it? Is it worth monetizing yet? But what people forget is that when someone finds you, they, I always know, cause I notice a massive spike in downloads when a new person finds me and downloads every episode, right? I see, boom, all these big numbers go up, which is cool. And that's the thing is that people will listen either in reverse order or in chronological order. Like I go back, if I like a show, I'll go back, especially like fiction ones, I'll go back from the beginning. So I know what's going on, but there is this challenge that of figuring out the world of podcasting. And also it's really, really hard. Like searching for podcasts, it's tough. Most podcast apps and search directories are so trash. Like no matter what you search for, they give you the same 10 podcasts or the big 10. And it's like, that's not what I want. I want to find something that matches the keywords I typed in. So I know a lot of shows end up on these networks, right? Where there's like, oh, this network has a bunch of shows. And I never listen to shows from the same network. I don't know why that's happening, but it seems like the market's trying to find its place. So what do you think is the future? Like where are things going? What is it? Is it all switching to video podcasting? Is everyone just going to think they're going to have the Joe Rogan deal? Like, oh, I just need to only interview comedians and politicians. Like what is the future and how can people figure out if this is the right path for them and if they're doing it to actually make it work both financially and quality wise? Yeah. So when you're talking about specifically business owners, right, who are looking to use their show, to grow their audience, to generate leads, that kind of thing. The future of podcasting is not, I don't believe, turning to video, right? I think video is an additional way that we can support our listeners in ways that they might like to enjoy. I was recently talking to someone and he brought this up and he was on my podcast. We were talking about like different formats of content. You've got the TikToks, you've got the Instagram stories, you've got all of these different ways that people are taking in information. And people will consume information based on the allotted amount of time that they have, right? So if someone has five minutes to swipe through some TikToks, then that's probably what they're going to do. They're not going to listen to start a podcast episode, right? They're going to instead find something that they can just quickly fill that time with. Now, if they have an eight-hour drive ahead of them, then they're likely to listen to some audiobooks, to listen to some podcasts, but they're not going to be watching a YouTube podcast, right, while they're driving. At least they shouldn't. That's very dangerous. <laughs> and so they will fill that time with whatever it is that they can, right, whatever types of content that they can absorb during that time. If they have they're on LinkedIn and they're like, oh, this is a cool blog post, skim read it. Like there's different formats. And I don't think long form co content like blog posts or podcasts are going anywhere. 
I think that as podcasters and content creators, it's important for us to take that content that we're already producing, right? That podcast that you're already showing up for every week and showing it to these people where they are, right? Do that quick reel, do that post on LinkedIn, do that post wherever to engage with your audience. And we've seen clients generate leads with very small audiences. So I don't want to discourage anyone who's like, hey, I'm very niche. I talk specifically to this type of person. Are there going to be listeners for me? There will. There are podcasts about the most random and ridiculous things. I was talking to a woman at a podcasting event and she has a podcast about Pez, like the candy dispenser, Pez. And I was like, wait, you've been doing this for years and you're getting thousands of downloads on each episode. Peep, there are that many Pez interested people? And she said, yes. And I was like, that is crazy to me, but I'm not interested in that. There was another one that was talking about like show horses and making sure that you're taking care of your horse and how to do this, how to do that with your show horse. I would never listen to that podcast, but there are people in that industry, though it is small, that is the kind of content that they're going to seek out. And so I think getting really clear in going forward with podcasting, being super clear about who it is that you want to talk to, narrowing that down even further. It also, and you mentioned this earlier about like boring podcasts, right? I think if you show up excited and interested about your topic, then that shows in your voice, right? People can hear if you're like, oh man, this is boring. (laughs) They know that there are those certain guests that come on and you're just like, oh man, this isn't as exciting as I wanted it to be, right? So they can hear that. But when you're as the host can show up excited and getting, I like to say jazzed, I don't think people say that anymore, but that's okay. (laughs) Getting jazzed about a topic, then that allows your audience to hear that excitement. And then when they get on the phone with you or they get to talk to you, they're like, I feel like I know you. I feel like you're my best friend, even though you don't know me, that's okay. There's like the celebrity effect that happens when you're able to show up very excited and organically about the topics that you're interested in, but really narrowing it down so that when you're speaking directly to that person, that one person who is listening and keep that in mind rather than saying everyone or all of you guys, and you're all struggling with this thing. No, you are struggling with. And that puts it more in a a one-to-one relationship, which then you can take further, no matter how big or small your audience is. Yeah, I do think that's some good advice because it can be discouraging, right? When you're starting out, you don't have a large audience and you keep thinking that you're going to have that big spike, right? And it is interesting because it's hard to get found. You're right about the way people listen too. It's like, I watch, I'll watch a video clip, but I would never watch an entire video podcast episode. It's just too long. So you're right about when you do what you do. So for people that are in the middle, like you mentioned Podmatch, which is interesting, but everyone seems to get the same guests and all these shows, how do you differentiate, right? That's one of the challenges. That's why I use other places as well, right? I don't want to be just that. What do you think is the way to get out of the middle, right? I think there's this period in the doldrums where you're like, oh, I've got a couple hundred downloads per episode, but I can't seem to break through. I have, I'm not sure about my format because am I just taking guests that I think will get me traction or am I taking the right guests that I want? And it does seem like the only way to grow a podcast is through guests, but it's like how much traction if it got, if a guest is on an episode every single week of a different show, why are they going to listen to my podcast versus the one last week or the one the next week? So it starts to diminish that value. So yeah, what do you think is the way to break through to that next level, to break through that barrier, to recapture your excitement? There's a few things that come to mind. 
And the first being, if you're someone who has hit 75 episodes, 100 episodes, 150, 200, 250, and on, do a celebration to rejuvenate not only your excitement about your episodes and your podcast, but also to encourage your audience to get engaged with your content. So we recently did this with a client. She was hitting 200 episodes and had her reach out and she doesn't have a lot of guests, but have her reach out to past guests and let them know, Hey, I have this quick celebration. I'm excited. I'm hitting this incredible milestone. Most people don't make it to this many episodes. Would you joining me in celebrating? And that was made it easier for her to reconnect with her past guests that maybe she was looking to maybe collaborate with in the future or take it a step further, but also to get herself excited about that podcast back up of like, I'm doing this, I'm seeing results, people are connecting with me, and this is exciting. Like I have made an incredible milestone. That's great. So that's one way. Another way is we've seen the number one way to grow your show is to actually be on other people's shows. Now that doesn't mean that you should, if you're a marketing person, go on all of the marketing podcasts, find other places, not just those marketing podcasts. Maybe you are on a podcast that is for nonprofits, right? And is a more general podcast where you can bring in your expertise and it's maybe not something that they've talked about. Bring your own unique spin so that you can engage the audience and bring them over to your show. So that's been another way that we've seen people grow their podcasts, but also noting that you can use those. So if you have one guest who does really well, right? How can you reuse that content in more ways or have that guest back on, right? Because not every guest is equal to your point. You're not going to see the same amount of download spikes when you have a new guest on, but going back and seeing what is it that your audience enjoyed or what is it that brought new audiences to you? Where did you see those spikes? And that allows you to get some data on it. And I think really taking a moment, especially if you're a business owner, wanting to like really make this podcast thing work for you, is it worth having guests? So we had a client where she was having guest after guest. And I was like, you're doing maybe one solo a month, one solo every other month. Those are getting double the amount of downloads that your guests are. Your audience doesn't want to hear guests. <laughs> like, like it's very clear. Maybe you need to switch it up. And so we did a month of get of solo episodes only to test that theory, right? Like have fun with it, test it out, see what's working. And there's no rules to podcasting, which I love, right? Like you can decide what works best for you, what's getting the best results. And no two podcasts are going to be the same with even the conversations that you have. So if you do have someone who you do see showing up a lot on the podcast that you listen to, how can you ask different questions? How can you maybe take it a step further, get deeper in the conversation than you've seen them get in other conversations? So that way it's new and it's fresh and it's not just them regurgitating the same thing they said on someone else's podcast a week ago. Yeah, I think that's really important because a lot of guests, right, they'll come in with a set of questions that they want you to ask. I was like, well, I'm definitely not asking those. Like anytime I get that recommended 10, I'm like, well, this is what everyone else is asking. It's not interesting to me, right? I don't want to go down that path. I love when people are like, well, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, how would I know that? I don't know what it's going to say. What if you say something really crazy? I'm going to want to talk about that. And I want that flow to happen. And I think that's what I try to do to make my show different. We're always thinking, how can I make the show better? What can I do different? What can I do this, right? It is part of it, right? There's that challenge and 
shifting to an interview model. Like I love doing the solo one. It was just impossible to maintain, right? Because I'm just making so much content, doing so many things. And it's a cool way to meet a lot of new people, but it is, it's easy to get caught in that middle phase, right? Of like, oh, should I make this the main thing? Or is it just a side thing? Should I just change the niche? So this has been really, really cool. I know people are really interested in this. A lot of people listen to the show. They're thinking about, should I do my own show? If Jonathan can do it, maybe anyone can do it. Where can people get to know you more, find you online, and maybe see if working with you is like the right thing for them? Yeah. So we help people launch their podcasts from a very strategic point. So ensuring that they are doing it correctly and doing it with intention. You can find everything at galatimedia.com. And that's how you can get in touch with me as well as see how you can potentially work with us. Okay. Amazing. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. That'll be the link below the video if you're watching the video version of this. And again, thank you so much for being here. This has been another amazing episode. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Making that first dollar online doesn't have to be daunting. I've got you covered. Get my free guide on how to make your first thousand dollars online right now at servemaster.com forward slash one K. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next week with more tips and tactics on how to escape the rat race. Please take a moment to leave a review at servenomaster.com forward slash iTunes. It helps the show grow and more listeners means more content for you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.